I can be your hero, baby. I can play shortstop for you. In a props. Hang on, I gotta. Are we we're recording now? Yeah. Stand by, stand by. But I can trim this off. Stand by one. Welcome to Baseball Tangents. I'm Jeff Hayward. And I'm Kyle Lewis. How's it going, Jeff Hayward? It's going well, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm pretty excited because I've got some good things to talk about. Talk about it. Talk about that recent thing. Recent things. Okay. Today, the Reds are playing the Cubs in minor, in a, in spring, the Reds are playing the Cubs in spring training today. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant are mic'd up and MLB Network is listening to what they're saying and broadcasting some of it more or less live. It's risky. It is. And uh, Anthony Rizzo came up to bat and at one point he's he's just talking a little bit to the ump and he's talking to the catcher. And then right before he gets ready to swing, he says, uh, somebody start banging for me. <laughs> and it, it's just, it's going to be fun. Some of the trolling of the Astros. And so that's fun. But what I'd really rather talk about is Trevor Bauer. No, hang on a second. Sorry, we gotta we gotta stop for a second. What what? How often are these guys mic'd up? This is exactly what I want out of baseball. In football, every play like they've got microphones all over the field, right? And they and you can you can hear what these guys are saying. You can hear the hits. You can hear all sorts of stuff. And then they do the replays, the the NFL replays, and you like watch the drama of the NFL, and you you watch these guys hype each other up break each other down. I want that in Major League Baseball. Is that what this is? Sort of. Is this new? It's not new, but it's being done even more. Major League Baseball has dabbled with this a little bit with managers and with people in um in All-Star games and in preseason in the in the spring training. And so they're doing this just more and players are more interested in it because the MLB is doing a better job of making sure that if they say something stupid, it doesn't go out and they have people who are watching it basically. And so okay. people don't look dumb. Okay. All this said, it's pretty fun. And when players like Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant, who I think of as fun players and you know, they're, they're young and they're, they're players that are very interesting. They're very good. They're good hitters. They're, they're fun guys to have this. Does the, does the ump like care about, any of this uh banter i mean that banter is kind of very direct i think that the umps are are fascinated by it or they're they're entertained by it but it doesn't it doesn't really matter they don't care if they're like whatever just play the game i mean don't get into a fight they're a part of it but i think this is a lot of friendly or they like laughing at it you know it's like does the ump chuckle at that joke i don't know start start banging the drums or start banging the trash can whatever he said what do you yeah. say? Uh, somebody start banging for me. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I, I think it's some good heckling, and as baseball is a sport and entertainment, there's something to be said for that. Now, the um, other piece here is that the uh, Trevor Bauer, who is a pitcher for the Reds, was pitching today, and he was trying something kind of fascinating. And basically, he was doing a glove flip before he would throw a pitch with the idea that he's he is purposely telling the batters what pitch is coming. Okay. So 
the the cubbies started to figure out a little bit what he was trying to do. He didn't say like, "Hey, a fastball is coming," but he did a very deliberate glove flip move, and then he would throw a fastball. Okay, and I think at least one of them got hit hard. Maybe got hit out, but he was still getting guys. Okay, and it is definitely helpful to know what pitch is coming. But I think Trevor Bauer just kind of put it on a, a farcical show with the idea that. A good pitcher, even the players know, he's going to do a pretty good job, but he's going to get hit. But he's just getting around all the sign stealing. He says, don't even try to sign steal. I'll just, I'll just tell give you, it to you. Yeah, I'll just tell you what the pitch is, which is a classic Trevor Bauer troll move. And for me, I love Trevor Bauer. I think he's great, and um, I think it's delightful. I don't think he'll do this in the regular season, but Trevor Bauer is also one who he's... He said, like, some of these guys who are getting crazy spin rate on balls, um, he's like, they, they have to be using a substance. And he has done his own studies um, outside of uh, actual games where he's tried using pine tar and sunscreen, all sorts of things. And he's shown that with the Rapsodo and the pitch tracking, he's shown that you can get incredible spin on a ball if you are using a sticky substance like pine tar and if you know how to use it and you're purposely throwing you know your sliders your curveballs and you can just get crazy spin and uh, i just love trevor bauer as a a freak troll athlete man of wonder and uh, i'm really excited to see what he does somebody who sa- who's, says exactly what he's throwing yeah i mean it's just like it's kind of fun in spring training it's like goof around a little bit and there we could always use some levity you think that's happened in the past too? You think you got a pitcher that's like, is just yelling at you, throw the fastball. It's possible. Anyway, I don't know. Well, so that was our our recent happenings. Now I want to move into our our positional breakdown that we were talking about last week. We were talking about right fielders. Now we're moving to position eight mm-hmm. to be center fielders. And just as a a little reminder, we're looking at. Um, players who have played um, at least half of their games in this position and have played at least 81 games. Yeah. And uh, I just want to talk about a couple players. Most of these, you know, at the top of the list are pretty well known. Yeah. Um, Give us, give us the center of this position. The center. Like what's at the center of this position? Mm -hmm. Let's see here. 36. And I have um, by war. In 2019, we have Jackie Bradley Jr., two wins above replacement, mm-hmm. 147 games played. He's 29 years old, which is probably a little bit on the old side, but um, more or less probably average there. Kyle Lewis disregards my puns so much that he's just he's now just re- resorted to doing to just doing what I say. Like he took that you took that so literally, and I know that you deliberately took it literally. I was like, I'm gonna throw this pun out there. And you're like, I'm going to throw it right back at you. Here. Here's the center. I can't believe you. It was helpful, actually, as a, as a, a, a piece of guidance. Um, in episode one of season three, we talked a little bit about Alex Verdugo, who is now a Boston Red Sox uh, player. He is actually ninth ranked in war in 2019 for center fielders with 3.1's win- 3.1 wins above replacement over 106 games, which is pretty good. Uh, realistically, um, I'm pretty impressed by that. Mike Trout is the top of the list, 8.3 wins above replacement. Um, he was MVP, 
silver slugger i'm sure i'm not even looking doesn't matter probably not a gold glover but his defense is reasonably good and he's the best player of our generation and a future hall of famer um number three is george springer we talked about him briefly previously because he is very interesting leadoff hitter for houston 6.2 wins above replacement very good player number four is ronald Acuna jr criminally underpaid incredible outfielder for the braves 5.5 wins above replacement that's all super fun number five is a, a really fun position also victor robles um super young 4.1 wins above replacement in his age 22 season for washington and of course he is now a world series champion now i purposely left off uh the number two person in this list because i was looking at um i was looking at these this list of center fielders here and i thought to myself where else might a center fielder you know a fast very athletic player where else might they play on defense left field Mm. right field possibly both of those first base probably not i don't know shortstop shortstop is a very physically demanding position a lot of running um, you want a, a premium athlete there and generally in defensive war metrics uh center field and shortstop are the most heavily weighted so if you do a good job in those positions you accrue more wins above replacement for your team that's right you don't have to wait as long i don't even get that pun uh i did hear it was a pun and i am recognizing it's a pun so what i did is i was looking up players who played center field and also played shortstop last year okay and I wanted to kind of stew over this list. And what I did is I looked at players who um, played at least 5% of the games at shortstop and center field, Ward was greater than zero, and they played at least 25 games this season. So I, pretty generous there, um, just trying to get a list of players. I ended up with a list of 11 players. Um, most of these are not that interesting. Uh, Kike Hernandez for the Dodgers. Uh, is seventh on this list with 1.5 wins above replacement. He is a very adaptable player. He is probably actually better than he his war marks him because he's played almost every position. And he didn't catch, but he played every other position. Uh, I guess he didn't pitch either. Um, and he's he's just a utility player, which is really helpful um, for the Dodgers. But Really what I want to focus on is the top of this list, and starting with the first position, Cattell Marte, uh, with 6.9 wins above replacement over 144 games for... That feels, that feels high. It's very high. Really high. Yeah. He was uh, fourth in MVP voting. Fourth? But that's, I mean, well, who's above him that has a higher war? Um, let's take a quick look. Just for fun. Just for fun. In MVP voting, Cattell Marte... Lost out to Anthony Rendon, who had 6.3 war. Mm. Um, Christian Yelich, who had 7.1 war. And Cody Bellinger, who uh, had 9.0 war. A significant, a significant uh, difference. Yeah, I mean, but he's in the ballpark with Yelich and Rendon. Oh, I see what you did there. Um, Cattell Marte had easily his best season of his career last year. Um, he... Previously had a 3.3 win season for Arizona the year before, and the year before that, 1.1. His first year in Seattle, he had 2.3 wins over 57 games. So at that rate, he was 
tracking to have a season um, in the ballpark of his 2019 season, but only 57 games, like I said. So coming back to this list, um, Cattell Marte leads the list. Scott Kingery is second in this list. And then Chris Taylor, another guy for the Dodgers, another solid utility player who is probably underpaid once again, um, is, is third in the list. And I want to just go over some some facts here about Cattell Marte. Um, 96 games played in center field last year, 83 at second base, and 11 at shortstop. If you put those numbers together, you realize he moved around quite a bit as the games went on. Um, he did start the majority of his games at center field, but not too far behind uh, at second base. Now, 11 games at shortstop, not that much, but it does account for 5% of his games, so it passes the metric. Now, he was worth 0.9 uh, D-War, so almost one full win above replacement defensively. And as we talked about last week, that's actually quite high. That's that's reasonably high, but for a center fielder and someone playing middle infield, yeah, he four. also has opportunities to accrue more war. Okay, fair enough. Defensively, fair enough. But he um he had a total of six point nine war because he had an incredible hitting season. Um, he hit three twenty nine with thirty two home runs, which is supremely good from defensive heavy positions like shortstop, second base, and center field. And he had a 149 OPS plus, which is um, OPS weighted to the league, and that the average player is 100. So 149 means that he's 49 percentage points better than the average player in the NL last year. Dang. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, just for fun, Scott Kingery in comparison, 65 games in center field. So two-thirds as many games as Cattell Marte played. 18 games at shortstop and 41 at third base. He collected 1.2 D war and three total wins above replacement. Very good player. Yeah. Um, for the Phillies, very good player, not nearly as valuable as Cattell Marte, but Cattell Marte had a exceptional season fourth in MVP voting. Yeah, of course. Um, Scott Kingery hit 258 with 19 homers, which is still pretty good, but not exceptional. And he was actually a hundred OPS plus. Mm. So he was the league average hitter from those metrics. But defensively, he definitely uh, added value. And offensively, he actually did add value. Um, OPS Plus doesn't always uh, measure everything, but it's it's a good metric. It's better than OPS. Sure. This is true. Um, because it's a comparison stat versus just a counting stat. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Always learning things, Jeff Hayward. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Taylor, 2.4 wins above replacement. Beyond that, um, you know, don't uh, don't really care too much. He only played in 124 games last year. 20 less than Cattell Marte, but he's not making up four wins, four and a half wins in 20 games. So center field last year, interesting position. Um, if I look at center fielders total and their percentage of the total war that was earned by position players oh interesting and this is a little bit of forecasting um forecasting out the um some things we're going to talk about a little later uh center fielders are actually fifth most for uh war collected last year which i think is is fascinating because it is a defensively um de- uh demanding position and if you mess up there it's just against you like highly against you exactly so sorry that's that's uh 
offensive and defensive combined or this is defensive war this is a war total so it's players who play that position and their their war offensive and defensive combined okay and center fielders accounted for um 12 um 12 and change percent of the total war by players who met the baseball tangents metric which of course Mm -hmm. players who primarily play that position um total they collected 70.5 wins above replacement now that also includes players who earned negative war which of course bring that down um and if we look real quick here the players we have one two three four five six seven eight most fun thing to hear on a podcast someone counting eight players um who played center field last year as a primary position collected negative war uh, at that position um do you want to guess? Uh, you want to guess at any of these names? No. Okay, we'll move on. Um, so, center field pretty fascinating. Mike Trout's good. Castell Marte was really good. Victor Robles was good. Some players that weren't so good or were more mediocre. Uh, Jason Hayward, who is signed to a very big contract. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., who will probably sign a very big contract soon with Boston. Now that they have shipped away. One Mookie Betts. Bye, Mookie. Bye, Mookie. And uh, Manuel Margot, who played for San Diego last year and has been traded to the Rays. I like him quite a lot. He collected 1.8 wins above replacement. And I haven't looked up his projections, but I hope they are even better with a even more analytical team. So center fielders, not quite ready to put them to rest, but I'm done talking about 2019 center fielders. Okay. I want to take a brief tangent. Oh, what? And I want to play the game. Is this a real player or not yeah. a real player? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so you have two names and you have to tell me the real player. Give me him. Okay, Burton Williamson or Bill Bruton? Bert, what, what are the names? Burton, Bert, Burton. Burton Williamson. Like the, like the snowboard company. Yep. Burton Williamson. Mm-hmm. Or Bill Bruton. Or Bill Bruton. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> neither neither one of these hypothetical players are currently living. Yeah. And um obviously not playing baseball at the moment either. One of them is definitely not living. Yes. Cuz one of them never existed. Correct. Or at least in the in the lens. The other one passed Bert? away in 95, I believe. Okay. Okay. Okay, tell me again. Burton Williams. Burton Williamson or Bill Bruton. Bruton. I want Bill Bruton, who also is William Bruton, to be the guy. And I'll tell you why. Why? I don't know why. Okay. Well, um, as, uh, as you may have figured out, um, I build these names to sound like the inverse of each other. Yes. Um, of course, Williamson, Williams, Bill. Right. Um, Bill Bruton. Bill Bruton. Uh, Bill Bruton is correct. And this past weekend, I went to... Uh, one of my favorite things in the Bay Area, which is the Alameda Flea Market. First Sunday of the month at the Alameda Naval Yard. It's a reasonable cost to get in, and there are so many vendors, so many good things. And it's a cool place. I like the views, right? Oh, beautiful view. Beautiful view. Beautiful, gorgeous view of the city. That's very cool. One of the best views of the city. So, and Bruton. Bill, brute. Bill Bruton. What is the word brute? Strong. Right? It feels like strength. Yes. Well, as it turns out... This guy's uh, a ton of brute. 
Bill Bruton uh, was is he's pretty fun. He was very fast. I was reading his saber bio earlier, and basically, um, in the 1950s, he was like one of the fastest guys in baseball. Um, now, I want to bring up a, a record that he's associated with, mm-hmm. but I want to tell you why and how I found this record. Okay. So at the flea market, I was looking at uh, a book vendor and I saw this thing. This is the baseball record book official from 1979 published by the Sporting News. Dude, you're like, you're like Doc Brown. Gray's Sports Almanac. Yep. You're like Marty McFly. If an old man comes and finds you, don't give him that book. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're just gonna change the course of history and put some crazy blonde-haired, uh, over oh, like overweight dude who bankrupts his companies uh, uh, into the presidency. You know? Yeah, for sure. I'm talking about Biff. I'm talking about Biff. Biff. Biffed it. I love that. Biffed it is a term, <laughs> right? Like when you miss something. Yo, biffed it. Like, wh- how old do you think that term is? Like, where did that? Where does Biff come from? And is Biff? Like biffing it, that must be a reason that Biff was named Biff. I believe the term is quite old, and we can research that for next next week. I believe. I want to give you a little little story about um, Bill Bruton, and then I'm going to give you the record. Um, career twenty six point one wins above replacement in twelve years playing, most of which for the Milwaukee Braves before he signed with the Detroit Tigers in nineteen sixty one. He was fourth in Rookie of the Year voting in 1953. He played 151 games. He led the league in stolen bases, had no other black ink that year. Um, Jim Gilliam went on to win the Rookie of the Year that year with 40.7 war. They were both very good players, neither of which Hall of Famers. At three separate times, Bill Bruton led the NL in stolen bases in 53, 54, and 55, which makes sense. His age 27, 28, and 29 seasons. Um, that's pretty fun. Fascinatingly, though, in 1954, he also led the NL in caught stealing. 34 bases get, stolen. In getting caught? In getting caught. Got it. Other fascinating things about Bill Bruton is that he, uh, at three separate times, led the NL in errors committed as a center fielder in 55, 56, and 62. So, he had two lines of black ink uh, in 1955. Actually, three. He led the league in at-bats also. Uh, 636 at-bats, 25 stolen bases, and 14 errors as a center fielder. Um, he was pretty much a bad... Well, that's the thing. He, he had he committed a lot of errors as a center fielder. But, yeah, but if he's got that black ink... Yeah, and in 61 and 62, he... Also led the AL um, in putouts as a center fielder, so he he played quite a bit um, and and was was helpful to his team. So and center fielders never put out. Jeff Hayward, this is a family program. I'm talking about. I'm talking, I don't know what you think I'm talking about. Okay, well, what I want to what I want to go over here is that in this this book I have of records, I found. A record about a center fielder, Bill Bruton. And on June 24th, 1962, he recorded what I believe to still be a record, which is the longest game with no chances offered, which means that he had no chances to participate as a defensive player. Interesting. How often does that happen? I don't think it happens that often outright, but 
here's the really remarkable thing. In one game, he played 22 innings of center field and never once had a chance to field the ball. That's pretty... That means he's got a great record, right? I mean, I think that record is going to going to stand for a long time. I have not been able to figure out how to look this record up because it is such an obscure record. How is that possible? I mean, how is it that nobody hits to center field? Or is it that his left and right fielders are just they're 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 in? Like is are they are they constantly playing? It could have been a game that was played in like moderate rain and so most balls all were in the infield. I actually started to look up this game and if you'll permit me to uh take just a moment here i will pull that up and yes, do it here we go i found what i was looking for june 24th and it was in 1962 i'm using baseball references um game finder and now we're going to look on this page for Detroit. And, okay, in 22 innings, the New York Yankees beat Detroit Tigers 9-7. to So let's look, let's look here. Um, do, okay, we don't care about the Yankees. What we want to look at is Bill Rudin. He hit second uh, for his team that night. He had nine at-bats, two runs, two hits, no RBIs. Two walks, one strikeout, 11 plate appearances. He had a stolen base. He was not intentionally walked. And he was not caught. And he did not have a uh, chance to field. Yeah, stolen base. His seventh of the season. Yeah. Uh, Fascinating here. The Detroit Tigers' uh, pitching order was all over the place. Terry Fox pitched eight innings, but he was the one... Four, five, sixth pitcher to come in, it looks like. Um, and the uh, Yankees, the guy who actually got the win for the Yankees, uh, was the guy who pitched the last seven innings for them, Jim Bouton. How many, like, how many strikeouts were in this game? Or how many, you know what I mean? Like, how many balls in play were in this game? Because maybe there's just no balls in play. There were 20 hits for the Yankees and 19 hits for the Tigers. Over 22 innings. Yeah. Was that, was that sound reasonable? Yeah. Like a normal game would be like that. So this is actually a hit just printing. a hit printing. Yeah, this is a normal game. It's just a fluke that no balls went to center field. Yep, pretty much. How how about that? Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. So um, I think that record will stand for a while. I I mean that record's to, from the fifties. That record's from sixty two. Sixty two, and it stood this long. I mean, how many how many games a year, on average, go to twenty two innings? Like less than one, right? I would say probably a rounding error away from one. Yeah, we can look that up for our for our next uh, next podcast. And no hit will ha- no hit can go to one position. Yeah, I think I think if you were taking the Vegas odds on this, you would bet that uh, every player would get a ball versus a game where any player doesn't get a ball for an right. entire nine inning game. Even right, right. Jeff Hayward, hit me. Would you like to play the game? Yes, I want to play this game. Okay. What you got for me? I'm looking at fangraphs.com. This is a little bit different. Usually I'm looking at uh, just MLB.com and looking at the uh, rosters, the depth charts from there. But this is fangraphs.com, and this is the projected go-to starting lineup versus right-handed pitchers. You feel me? 
Yeah, which team are we talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay, okay. Okay. Now, this is the game we're playing. Correct. So, four. Four is the number that Shogo Akiyama is wearing for the Cincinnati Reds this year. Speaking of the Cincinnati Reds. It's also the number that uh, Brandon Phillips wore when he played second base for the better part of 10 years with the Reds. And also the number that Scooter Jeanette wore in his second of two seasons with the Reds. When he first joined the Reds, he wore number three because number four was taken. Uh, give me the right and left field position players for the Cincinnati Reds. Okay, so the Reds outfield projections are possibly up in the air. Right field, uh, Castellanos. Left field, maybe Shogo Akiyama. Maybe Jesse Winker. There it is. You mm-hmm. named the entire projected starting lineup outfielders. Uh, Scott Shebler's also in the mix. And Nick Senzel, when he comes back from injury, will probably be the center fielder which probably will push Shogo to left and Castellanos to right. Okay. Let's talk about the... Let's go tap the Rockies. Sure. Shortstop for Colorado Rockies. Shortstop? Yes. Trevor Story. Boom. What a story it is. It looks like they're going to... Well, in the baseball reference season preview pod, uh, a reporter for the Rockies, whose name I have forgotten, was saying that hypothetically, if the Rockies trade away Nolan Arenado, which I don't think they should do, but they might, that they might try to build their franchise up around Trevor Story. I like Trevor Story. I don't like him as much as Nolan. They should keep Nolan. Okay, now for the Colorado Rockies, the first baseman. Okay, so first base in the Rock, for the Rockies is has been and probably will continue to be up in the air. Yeah. Two years ago, they brought in Ian Desmond. I think it was two years ago. They brought in Ian Desmond, who had been an outfielder, had even been a center fielder in Texas, and they had him play first base, and it's like, what is going on? Ian Desmond stopped really hitting and stopped playing good defense anywhere, Mm -hmm. and so they've moved him around. And then last year, the former Met, former national Daniel Murphy was brought in. That's right. And I believe he is currently slated as the first baseman, even though he played second base for both the Mets and the Nationals. Yeah. And you're on. the Mets team that lost the World Series. These are all facts. This is brilliant. Projected starter. Okay. Projected war for Daniel Murphy. I don't know if you have that in front of you, but just wild guess projected war for Daniel Murphy, 1.5. You know what? I don't have that in front of me, and I'm going to tell you that that is completely 100% accurate. Okay, I'm looking it up. Daniel Murphy. Daniel Murphy. Let's see here. Projections. Why do I not have projections? I have hits. Um, projected war. Is that not the thing that Baseball Reference has? Hmm. Heaven knows. Signed a two-year, $24 million contract through, ni- uh, through 19, through 20, 2020 with the Rockies with a 21 mutual option. He is, what is he, 34, coming up on 35 years old. He'll be 35 on April the 1st. More or less, the opening day. Cool. All right. You ready for the last team? Yes. Baltimore. Baltimore Orioles. Good morning, Baltimore. Let's stay on that shortstop. Ooh, okay. So Manny Machado was there 
and then he they, they had him playing third, and then they moved him to short, and then they let him go, or they traded him to the Dodgers, and of course he now is the starting third baseman for the Padres, and the Padres have an interesting shortstop whose name is Fernando Tatis Jr. The Baltimore Orioles, in comparison, do not have an interesting uh, shortstop because they're the Baltimore Orioles, and they're not going to win very many games. Okay. The Baltimore Orioles shortstop is Avisel Garcia. No, no, no. Avisel Garcia plays for the Nationals, DC area team. So I get some credit for that. Uh, Avisel Garcia also maybe backup second baseman. Um, I have no idea. He's coming from Boston. Coming from Boston. No, that's his original signing team, Boston, September two thousand nine. Ooh, two thousand nine. Yeah. Well, Xander Bogarts is the current shortstop. Oh, in Boston. sorry, he's coming from Cincinnati. Oh, uh, no, they didn't sign Didi Gregorius. Didi Gregorius is with the Phillies. Who is the Baltimore Orioles shortstop, Jeff? Who is the Baltimore Orioles shortstop? I can be your hero, baby. I can play shortstop for you. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. Jose Iglesias. Oh, uh, I didn't realize they signed him. Um, yeah, he played with the Reds last year. He's bounced around a lot. I think of him as a... Um, I think of him as a Detroit Tiger uh, for most of his time. Although, yeah, that's that's reasonably correct. He played a total of a hundred and some games for Boston. Let's see here, uh, ninety-eight. My math was close. Ninety-eight games for Boston over five years. He played five hundred fifty-eight games for Detroit. He was a starting uh, shortstop for Detroit, and he was an All-Star in twenty fifteen. Fun fact. In 2013, um, when he was traded from Boston to Detroit, Jose Iglesias was Rookie of the Year. He lost out on the Rookie of the Year vote to Will Myers, who is signed to the Padres, and the Padres are constantly shopping because he's kind of been a bust. Interesting. Um, 2.2 wins above placement in his rookie year. Last year, negative 0.3. Total war for Will Myers, 9.7. I would take Jose Iglesias over Will Myers, and neither player is great. Cool. There it is. There it is. Well? Two out of three ain't bad. That's right. Two out of three ain't bad. And, you know, I gave you some curveballs, so. If we could win two out of three as a, as a you know, the Jeff and Kyle baseball team, we'd be the best baseball team in the history of baseball. That's right. In the history of baseball. Mm, in the recent history, at least. Okay, fair enough. There we go. Uh, it's been good. It's been wild. This is the most Jake Eddie Cable there ever was. Okay, come on. What is the intro? Welcome to Baseball Tangents. I'm Jeff Hayward. And then I say, I'm Kyle Lewis. And then you say, how's it going? And I say, it's going great. Okay, ready? Wait, are you ready? (laughs) Sure, I don't know. (laughs) We'll figure it out.